the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, back to Lifeline. All right, we're back. The time is 614 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Let's go to line number three and talk with Kiana and San Leandro. Kiana, are you there? Oh, hi, Pastor Jesse. Ah, uh, how are you? Hi, I'm fine. How are you doing? I'm great. What's going on? Hi, I was just calling to um, comment on um, the churches that are complaining about, or not just the churches that are complaining about, um, not getting to reopen at the same time as, like, other businesses. Sure. Um, I just feel like um, the church really shouldn't be paying attention to what the world is doing at this point when it comes to this, because this is like a plague, and I think it's um, the churches need to wait until the governor mandates um, the shelter-in-place to be extended to let the churches open. What if he? What if he has said that he has no specific date when he will do that? I just think that churches should wait it out because remember the churches that had defied the orders and had services anyway, and then people got sick, and then if you you know don't wait and open too early or against the current shelter in place, then you could still be putting people at risk to get sick. Well, let's when let's work that through because some people have symptoms, um, some people don't. Some people have what? Some people have symptoms, are asymptomatic mm-hmm. of for COVID nineteen, and then some people don't have any symptoms, mm-hmm. but then you don't know who that is, and then mm-hmm. the numbers in California continue to go up. So do you know that everything that you just stated stands true for all of the institutions that he's allowing to open? Yep. So what makes the church any different than any other institution that's being allowed to open for their need to make money? Because, you know, we understand that. People have to make money. You can't shut people out from work. We're already in a crisis economically, which will be the next conversation. Quite frankly, people are out of work. Over 50 million people, 30 million on the books, 50 million factually, are not working because of this longstanding um, uh, cover for shelter. That is devastating, Kiana. I mean, devastating. And now that the governor has to, you know, do something about it, along with all the other governors, and, and begin somehow uh, restoring people's uh, confidence and in, in working, because people have lost their homes, they've lost, they, they've lost their jobs, they've lost their cars. So this is actually bigger than the virus itself. It it just really is because even in California, uh, not that many people have died compared to New York uh, and, and and Brooklyn and other places in the world because we have been able to actually respond to the measures needed to curb uh, the impact. And then we finally discovered after a couple of months who really are the high-risk people. 
So it did take a couple of months for us to figure out that we need to keep our older people um, in, in covered shelter and avoid them being exposed because uh, a good 60, 70, 80 percent of the people that are dying from the COVID are the people in the uh, in the rest homes, old folks homes who are already ill and sick, not the common people that are, um, you know, healthy and don't have pre-existing conditions. And so. This is not kind of a generic thing. There are a lot of details that we have now about this, and we know that we can actually go back to patterns that are uh, important in terms of work, in terms of business and commerce with these measures in place and and, and be successful. We know that. We know that, um, that also, like you stated, there will be some people who will get, who will get ill. That is always a liability. So the church is not guaranteed that that wouldn't happen either. But it is extremely important that we have the same uh, freedom for assembly and right to gather um, uh, and express ourselves to God than, than if you will, uh, other businesses or institutions that are freely doing it. I mean, we're talking about uh, uh clubs and we're talking about uh, bars and we're talking about places where people can just gather and frolic uh, and, and, and of course in many of the cases with stores they're way more congested than local churches um, if you know anything about our church we got 10,000 square feet so it's really easy for us to do the social distancing uh, element I think, I think again the people, the churches that are responding are intuitive I think they're right, I think that because the governor did not say, we respect you churches, we understand your need to assemble, and we're going to roll out as soon as possible. Uh, it won't be any more than a month. He never said that. That was never an implication. And what we know is the implications of what he did say was, well, until we get a vaccine um, or if we see things spike up, uh, we're going to make sure that uh, uh, sports arenas that can hold twenty and 30,000 won't be having attendance and therefore uh, conventions for concerts and, um, and churches won't be able to have attendance too. Those are arbitrary uh, or arbitrary uh, boundaries that he's putting on that don't necessarily pan out to be true. So I'm, I'm going to ask you the question. What if, in fact, when the churches do start gathering, because we will, We'll gather on the 7th, the Lord says the same, December, uh, January, June 7th, and the churches behave in such a fashion to honor God, and we have fundamentally no uh, repercussions. What then? What do you say about that? So are you saying that if, if, you, if you assemble on June 7th and nothing, you know, nothing happens, no one gets sick or anything like that, is that what you're asking? I'm, I'm saying uh, what I'm asking you is that in the same way, see, like he's opening now. They're opening now because the uh, cover for shelter measures and all of the different, uh, you know, distance, socially, social distancing uh, measures that we are employing are working. Right. Right. They're working. They're right. working. So, I mean, if it's working, then everybody should, you know, proceed. But um but what, girl? I just think I just think that the churches should definitely like you guys should all have like some massive Zoom call with the with the governor. No, nah, he he and already heard from to, he already heard he already heard earlier from. if that's what they want to do. 
Yeah, no, he already heard. Uh, he already heard. the uh, This one here, because, like, if you were to go uh, uh, throughout the United States, Kiana, there are so many other churches that are that have already opened. These are in, non-incidental issues. Again, I talked. I don't know if you heard me when I talked about the Oregon judge overthrowing the the governor of Oregon's. Uh, right. You know, yeah, he just overthrew. It. He said the yeah, he just said no, you can't do that. That just it's not right. And 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 they they're going on. Uh, they're going on as as normal. In other words, because we all did comply for two months, almost three months now, we all did comply, and we're seeing the effectiveness of it. You can't just keep doing it. You, we have to have these social activities that are economic in nature. They are social in nature, and they're spiritual in nature. Nature for for the welfare of our whole society, and it's important that the church does not find itself at the back of that list. Um, the people that are going to work uh, during the week, and, and I say this all the time, and I don't think we always get this. Uh, the people that are going to work in hospitals, that are going to work in grocery stores, going to work in uh, in uh, merchant stores, Target, Walmart, all those places. All those people are going to going to those different places. Listen, Kiana, they're believers. They're believers, so they get to go to work five days a week or six days a week, but they don't get to go to church for two hours one day a week. See the inconsistency. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I just um just listening to you guys, I I didn't I didn't I didn't make that connection until you just I get said it. it. Cuz you yeah. know so much stuff on the news that it tends to get confusing. Absolutely, but you know, you, you've so. been listening to me for a long time. You know that I don't just talk about stuff to be talking about stuff. I I really do think it through, and this one is fairly easy. Um, the vast majority of people that go to church are working in the hospitals. They're on the front lines. The vast majority right. of people go to church are working in your grocery stores, your Target store. Everywhere I go, can everywhere I go, Pastor Jesse, right? Um, right. And that's that's because we all live here. This is what we do. It's not like we live in the church. We don't live in the church. <laughs> we have jobs, and most of our we got teachers, we got firefighters, we got lawyers, we got police officers, we right. got all these people that are um, they are out there engaged in that right now, and they're saying, "Okay, it's working. How come we can't worship?" Does it make sense? You're right. Basically, what it what it's saying is that we should have the same protections as other institutions under the law, and we don't. And 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 that's my concern, and and it's not my concern. It's a fact. The church has yeah. always and had to face historically a kind of discrimination from political parties that have been fundamentally secular and hyper secular, and the church has always had to work with that tension throughout. Uh, church history always has had to work with it. So sometimes we just we find ourselves in a position where we have to say, "Not we, we're not we got to push back," and that's all we're doing. Uh, you know, some of the churches that did some of the uh, unwise things, like that pastor who opened up in Virginia and put his uh, cameras on and showed everybody hugging and, and being close, and that was dumb. That was not wise. It was imprudent. It was unfortunate. We are never advocating anything like that. Um, 
And we all should have learned from that one. And so we're not saying, you know, uh, snuff your finger at the policies of our government. I, I, I talked about that at length earlier, and I'm sure you heard it. So it's going to happen. The churches are not going to just sit back and be neglected and disregarded because we see the inconsistency, the incongruency, the arbitrariness of it. Uh, and, 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 and quite frankly, what government will do with religion frequently is just push it to see if it's even alive. And uh, he'll, they'll find out that the church is still alive on, on certain levels. So listen, thank you for the call. Bless you, girl. Good to hear from you. Um, let me see here. Um, I think I'll I, do I have to take a break, uh, Joel. Okay, good. Let me go to Clara. She's been around for a long time. Clara on line number four. Clara, are you there? Clara on line number four. Are you there? Did we lose you, Clara? Can you hear me, Pastor? I'm finally hearing you. Bless you. How are you? I am fine, thank you. How are you this evening? I'm good. What's your thoughts about this whole conversation? My thought about this conversation, you asked if there was a divine mandate in the scripture that about assembling ourselves together. And I say yes. Hebrews ten 25 says, not forsaking the assemblies of yourselves together, mm-hmm. as is the manner of some, but right. exhorting one another, and so much the more, as you see the day approaching. So I am in agreement with you that mm-hmm. our churches should be assembling, because God says that we should. And I'm praying that God will open our church doors soon so that the believers can gather and stir up each other or stimulate others to love and to good works. And this includes meeting together for worship and exhorting one another to be faithful to the Lord our God. You ain't going to get no argument from me. You, you, You quoted the verse because... And, and, of course, we could build a whole litany of, of, of theological arguments. The whole premise of the existence of the church in the world is always public. People need to know that. There's no such yeah. thing as a private church. Um, right. It's always public. God puts his foot down in regions of the world and shows up through the body of Christ publicly that's just the way it always gets done. People get to see us love each other publicly, fight each other publicly, um, uh, work out our salvation in fear and trembling publicly, because that's the way that the light of the glorious gospel of Christ is emanated to the world. And if the government has the ability to shut down the churches where it can't do that, we are in a, a very bad way in the world, and we would have to be on our knees asking God why he uh, decreed or allowed or permitted such a tragic uh, covering up of the light under the bushel of human decree. Listen, thank you for your call. i got to take a break. Bless you, Miss Clara. Thank you for your patience as well. You continue uh, standing on the truth of God's word and pray for um Pray for your your fellow brothers and sisters such as I. I gotta take a break. Three lines open one triple eight three six seven five three two nine one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. We'll be right back. And now back to lifeline. All right, we're back. The time is 6.33. We've got two lines open, one 367 5329 Two lines open. 
one 367 5329 Let's go to line number one and talk with Derek from San Francisco. Derek, how are you? Fine, thank you. How are you? Good, good. What's your observation or contribution to our conversation tonight, sir? Well, I wish I had taught your opening because I have some questions more than answers. Mm-hmm. I, to me, Newsom has always been arbitrary and inconsistent. Mm-hmm. The church has always been an essential service. Mm-hmm. Our church is always congregational and is always public. But I believe you have um, followed the shutdown order or met over media, correct? Yeah, yeah, for a long time. So, all right, right, same here. So, what makes May thirty-first or June seventh so sacred? Mm-hmm. Um, because we can't say he has only singled out the churches. Ask the NBA and ask Major League Baseball and ask these malls. You know, so if if we felt he was inconsistent and arbitrary now in this so-called second phase, he's just as inconsistent from day one. But we wisely followed Romans 13 and we obeyed, and our people have been healthy. You know, I'm talking broadly when I say our people, God's people. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So what makes this, is it a case of the saints getting cabin fever or getting antsy? What makes, and I know the day of Pentecost, but I'm talking about just what makes picking an arbitrary date to say that whether we get the okay or not, we are going to open up. Right. That's a very good question. Okay. Right. And the answer is simply that we've, the answer is simply that we have already went through a period of discovery. Uh, We're not the same as we were uh, at the beginning of January or February. Uh, We, we got hit with a pandemic, as you know, and that pandemic uh, took everybody for a loop and, and, and desperate measures were absolutely necessary in order to discover the nature of the pandemic, its impact, all of the categories in which the pandemic uh, affected us. We have a complete pathology of it. Not only have we seen the curb of the pandemic start to take a trend down, um, but now we also have uh, the categories of where the pandemic really strikes and most impactfully harms people. So we have a uh, we have a portfolio of how to actually live with it. The reality is, is that um, once we try to go back to what normal sees, we can. It doesn't mean the pandemic is gone. The pandemic, not the pandemic, but the virus is gone. The virus is with us presently to stay. And we are working on vaccines, as you know, that would probably deal with it somewhat significantly so that it didn't get regulated to uh, the category of the influenza virus or the SARS virus, um, that it can be managed, carefully managed with people probably being able to go back to total normalcy uh, within a year's time. That's, That's an assumption. But at a certain point, like we have learned about um, our our economy. You can't shut the government down. You can't shut the nation down in perpetuity without it it completely devastating our economy, which is is what it has done. And we will be looking at the implications of inflation and the implications of the impossibility of people getting their jobs back and things of that nature. And these are the peripheral issues that that 
um, argue for why even our government opened back up because the same argument that you're using, the government could have used if we weren't taking into consideration that we've made significant discovery. Why don't we keep it shut down? I mean, let's just keep it shut down until the thing completely eradicates. So it's really not about an arbitrary number uh, in terms of a date of coming back. Uh, but brother Derek, it's about understanding that we cannot continue to engage in this synthetic form of existence uh, economically, socially, practically, and certainly spiritually. Uh, you know, I already know that you know the uh, vast difference between the gathering of the saints publicly and personally and uh, the gathering of the saints synthetically through uh, virtual uh, virtual uh, live stream. You, you know the difference. We would, the church would be devastated if it had to um, endure uh, uh, a, a shutdown period of six months to a year. We are already seeing a number of and, and I don't necessarily want to actually divert into pastoral care, but I can. There are significant problems that occur in a local church as well as any um, uh, social gathering where people depend upon uh, fellowship and engagement and dialogue and uh, collaborative ministry, uh, particularly in the local church where we do counseling and we deal with uh, fragile minds and fragile hearts, and we deal with borderline addictions and borderline behavior patterns that are destructive where we are uh, limited in our capacity for accountability. All of that is really beginning to take tolls now, and, and therefore, in God's wise prudence, he did not anywhere in the Word of God facilitate the notion that church could be done uh, equally as effectively in any means necessary beyond the actual physical gathering of the people of God. All of, all of that is a given. All of yeah. that is a given. But the thing is, for it, are you saying that you are going to start regardless? Because we are not lawbreakers unless it is direct and specific against the kingdom of God and the preaching of the gospel, because if it is so we should have been breaking the law, quote-unquote, from day one. Not a case of the church saying, oh, our finances are this, are that. Now we got to start because the liquor stores or whatever. We were as essential as Lucky's and Safeway and Target from day one. But I think However, you still, I think you, I think, I think you missed your argument still, Derek. No, I think, I think you, you no, no. No, 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 no. Hold on with me. I, I want you to finish, but I do want you to, I do. I think you missed your argument. Of course, we're essential, but you missed your argument. The, the sickness was a valid thing to discover, a need to make enough Are distance. Dis What's that? See, but you're making you're making you're making some Trumpian errors because to say, well, we know we we got it under control. We're going to start. I understand all of this. My mother passed away during all this, not from COVID-19, but I was able to do her funeral. And God gave us grace. We had a Holy Ghost homegoing time. So much so that many others said, well, we're going to have a memorial. We don't need that. Now, but my point is, all of the things that we feel are essential was essential from day one, but we as the people of God, operating from the spirit of calm, faith, 
trust. And we, we, we did not go underground, but we were able to connect. I'm sure you're connecting the people on your church of call uh, far out of the state, people that have moved away. Others are giving. People are giving electronically. They're dropping things in the mail. You're counseling. You're making calls. So what my point is, if Newsom was arbitrary and inconsistent, we as the people of God will be just as inconsistent if we say, well, I'll followed. But if you don't clear me by May 31st, I, this is what we're going to do. If I don't get the green light, I'm going to do what I'm going to do regardless. And that's not the spirit of God. Now, if they say no more church, let's get together right now. You see what I'm saying? So it's just different. I think you're oversimplifying it. I just think you're oversimplifying it. And and maybe somebody else will have to call and and, and be a little bit more... um, a little bit more bifurcative in, in the distinction, because what I'm, I'm getting from you is a lack of understanding that you can go with a person for a mile to actually be able to prove that person's argument out. And then in that second mile, demonstrate that it's unnecessary to maintain that same kind of posture that you did in the first mile. And it doesn't create any kind of hypocrisy or inconsistency whatsoever. As I stated earlier, Derek, that this was about discovery. We needed to find out what's going on. The pandemic wasn't a doctrine. The pandemic was an issue that affected all of us. I am a pastor. I did have people who died as a consequence of COVID. They were the exact people that we discovered that were high risk. It wasn't young people. It wasn't middle-aged people. It was older people who had pre-existing conditions, and they did pass. And so, aha, all right, we see that this is not some diabolical pandemic that can kill anyone arbitrarily at any time that we touch people like the movies would indicate. No, we've got clarity on that. And and so we, we have a right now to have, first of all, demonstrated going twain with our governor. The, the 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 idea of people who chose initially to continue to gather together. In fact, quite frankly, there have been many churches across the nation, Derek, that did continue doing that because they felt like they were not at high risk for one reason or another, and therefore did not did not need to comply with those government mandates. But many of our states did have the New York, uh, Brooklyn. It would have been completely. Uh, I think it would have been completely unwise for local churches at that time not to actually go through the process of discovery and then discover a manageable means of being able to do two things, protect their uh, members. Because really, for me, the argument is that now we know how to protect our members. Thank you, Governor, for uh, implementing this, this, um, this, this mandate. Now we know how to protect our members. We're going back to worship. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I could... This, this is not a hill I have to die on, but I. Just and and, and, and but listen, I don't want you to die on that. You know, I know. You know, I know. I don't want you to die on this hill. I want you to stand on this hill. You know that. I don't want you to die on this hill. But what? I, but what I'm getting at is that. Okay, let me ask you the question. How long you guys? How long are you guys going to um, not? Uh, well, how long are you guys going to maintain the this mode of of uh, of, of worship and engagement? Well, I would say as as until we've obeyed and followed the law this far with a good spirit 
and we've maintained calm, and we've advised our families how to come together even more effectively. And mm-hmm. I would say uh, until that this is just a phase, that the church is not just this or that, although it has always been congregational. So I don't have a drop-dead date by which I say, if Governor Newsom doesn't do this for me by this date, I'm just going to. That's Actually, the, the churches that, did not. That, that, the, I, the churches did not make that proposition. I'm not going to let you. Uh, I'm not going to let you actually no, paint it that way because. I saw huh? uh, multiple churches had set. They set the date for May 31st. And it was whether or not it was whether and it was it was whether or not. I mean, you know, I wasn't part of that 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 gathering. We had already stated what we were going to do. I'm, unfortunately, I get a chance to talk to a, a lot of people now, but I wasn't part of that gathering. But as I heard out Mr. Jackson and others, they didn't seem to come off as any kind of antagonistic group <clears throat> in any kind of uh, belligerent way. They simply said whether the governor approves of it or not, this is the date that we're opening. opening. And they chose to do it in a united front that can have really helpful benefits to congregations that want to exercise that right. I think also in relationship to that, I think your position is a valid one relative to uh, to fellowships that want to do what you're doing. You represent as well, I'm sure you know that, uh, fellowships that are not going to go back to the normal mode of worship until they deem it appropriate and that is a that's a private judgment this is not a universal judgment per se it's a private judgment like it will probably be a rollout for churches if you can agree with that meaning that you know churches will roll out at different times and enter back into the public expression and i i think that's public i think that's completely fine too right right no i was just trying to get some more feedback from you perhaps yeah, yeah. i missed something that if we've had gone along, and it's not about them coming across as belligerent, because you could break the law as sweet and nice as you want to be. It's just... Are you it's following? not a law, though. It's not a law. It's not oh, a law okay. broken. That that That's the okay. thing that I so, do want to get across to you. Like you have doctors, so you said, we know what to do now. So because we know what to do, that's the same thing on the opposite side of the coin, that people... That the man in Virginia said, well, I know what to do. Come here, I'll pray for you, and you'll be healed. And what did he do? Now, Drop come on, now you, know that's not, now, you know that's not, that's not an equivalent argument, please. Sometimes you, have to, sometimes you have to challenge what people are saying to find out, is it just, are you just saying something? Is it just cabin fever? This is a right, I, I get a that. conscience issue. Yep. But to say, I, we had set a date. That's no different from the other ones that said May 31st. If we set an arbitrary date, regardless of what anybody says, this is what we're going to do. Right. And, uh, and, and I mean, there, there are anybody benefits. Can anybody can do that. Right. But I, I would argue that, that. I, I would I would argue that they're not breaking the law. Listen, thanks for the call. And we'll have this conversation again. You know that because there are other ways in which we need to work through and think through the value and benefit of what we're doing. You, you articulated some of that. <clears throat> but I got to pay some bills and then get back to a few more calls. So thanks for the call. <clears throat> got to pay some bills. Got two lines open. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline 
All right, we're back. We've got a few minutes left. Let me see if we can talk with Idris in online to Idris from Hayward. Are you there? Hey, how's it going, Chief? I'm good, man. We got about a minute, minute and a half. What's your thoughts about our topic? Oh, man, you know, to be honest, yes, please. Um, what I first thought was, you know, I got a little lackadaisical. I felt like, you know, let's just wait on it. But then I thought about the importance of all the churches all around the world not being open, especially in the United States. And I said, yeah. hold on, hold on. I haven't, I haven't been to church in a while, and I'm here in Hayward. I need to visit yeah. Joe Church, but I go to a Faith Fellowship. Amen. I thought that I'm over here forsaken, and the, the meeting up in prayer is powerful. Worshiping God is powerful. And yep. given what's going on, this is the time we need to pray and worship the most. So I understand we shouldn't break the laws, but we need to do everything in our effort to get the churches open as soon as possible so that we can do exactly what God expects us to do. So not break the law, but I know that God wants his people to at least put up a fight. Lord willing, whatever he wants to happen is going to happen. And that's pretty much what I got for you, Chief. No, I appreciate it, man. We're not breaking law. This is what this is what I was trying to say to my dear brother Derek. We're not breaking law. We're challenging a mandate. And and we've already seen how we've won in court up in Oregon around that. We were submitting to a government's a governor's decree, but we weren't we're not breaking law. I, I we'll expand on that next week. Thanks for the call, my dear brother. You keep your eyes on Christ. Let's go to line number three and talk with Teresa from the Bay. Teresa, are you are you there? Hi, Jesse. Yes, I am. How you doing? Good. We got about two minutes, so tell me what's your thoughts. Well, my thoughts, um, when I was driving around the Bay Area a few weeks ago, I seen a sign that says, do not congregate, and I was thought, red flags on that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's part of the word congregation. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's not cool. And mm-hmm. another thing is, there's a lot of evil going on under all of this from the government, the churches, and families. And, you know, there's always a good side and a bad side. But yep. good always wins out of the evil, and God has got this. I agree. I agree. I agree yeah. totally. I, I agree totally. So you're not you're not uh, you're not disturbed about uh, the churches saying, "All right, time for us to get back to congregating." You're not worried about that. I think that we should go back to church, and I just think this COVID. I think COVID is a part of word of the word covered. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of like that statement. Now you're, you're pushing over into another conversation around, you know, the structure and nature and design and scope of uh, biological warfare. And we don't have time to actually engage in that conversation, but we will in the future. We will in the future. Okay, I have one more, one more quick sure. thing to say. Don't, don't fear man, but fear God with reverence. Indeed. Indeed. I agree with you. Uh, bless you. you. Thank you so much. Yep. You're awesome. Yep. I love hearing I love you listening to your conversation. I love listening to you. Thank you. Thank you. Right on. I agree with that too. <laughs> Bless you. We got about a minute or so to go, and this is what I'm going to say. I'm going to say that um, while we're still under a cover for shelter and social distancing rules, you can join us on Tuesday at 6.30 for our Bible study. We are going through the book of Revelation, doing a historical interpretation of the trumpet and bold judgments, as well as understanding the redemptive implications of Christ's rule over the world for the good of the church, to the glory of his God. Uh, against the foes of the people of God. So it's a dense, meaty, uh, exegetical, but if you've never really got a handle on the book of the revelation of Jesus Christ, you might want to join us. And at 7.30, so tomorrow at 6.30 to 7.30, uh, 7.30 we do a public prayer time where people can call, uh, email us in their prayer requests, and we pray for about 30 minutes. 
Uh, so Tuesday at 6.30, grace-bible.com. Wednesday at 6.30, we'll continue in the book of the Revelation as we are working through it. And then Friday at 6.30 as well. We're taking this COVID time, as Teresa says, to actually go deep, deep sea diving into one of the most important books in the Bible that God has given us in order for us to understand his rule over this universe uh, that sometimes can be hard to see, sense, and uh, navigate. So if you want to join us, grace-bible.com, Tuesday 6.30, Wednesday 6.30, Friday 6.30, and then, of course, on Sunday mornings, um, we have been doing what our brother Derek says, having lots of people join us live stream. They are committed, and we are thankful for that. That means God is leading their heart to worship, and we, we love it. Um, but we also know that uh, it is a mandate from God that the people of God gather together publicly. So let's pray that that all goes well and that it doesn't turn into anything other than an opportunity for God to be glorified. Until then, keep your eyes on Christ. And Lord willing, we will see you next week. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved.